everyone, Siobhan Chapman here, and welcome to the UBS Conversations podcast channel. Today we are joined by Melinda Hightower, the head of Multicultural Strategic Client Segment for the Future of Wealth. Melinda, welcome. I'll pass it over to you. Thanks so much, Siobhan, and welcome to the Future of Wealth, where we explore the power of cultural capital in advancing the arts, philanthropy, and inclusive growth. I'm Mel Hightower, head of UBS's Multicultural Investor Segment, and with me today is Stephanie Nuessi, founder and CEO of MaxUp, a personal development and coaching platform. Stephanie, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to uh, have a conversation about business, entrepreneurship, and also inspire everyone that is going to be listening to this podcast today. Wonderful. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Can you start by telling our listeners a bit about yourself and your journey that led you to create MaxUp? Absolutely. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Stephanie Noesi, and as previously said, I am the founder of MaxUp, a Korean consulting firm. And initially, I came to the U.S. in 2015, but I will walk you through a little bit of how I found MaxUp, or I should say how MaxUp found me. In a few years ago, right before coming to the U.S., I was I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic, and as an immigrant and as someone who wanted to pursue better opportunities, the opportunity to come to the U.S. presented itself. And when I came here in 2015, I struggled to find what were some of the things that I wanted to do in my career, what I wanted to do in college. And as a first-gen, my parents did not go to college. They did not have the educational background, and they couldn't help me find these opportunities. I didn't know what challenges were going to be presented to me until I started my college applications and until I was introduced to the recruiting war in the economy here in the U.S. And so at that point, not having the guidance, not having the resources, not having mentors or the network, I found that rejections and challenges were mostly everything that my story was about. But I wanted to change that. I wanted to do something different. And I think that I found my path when I discovered the gap. The gap between talented people, talented students, talented gen Zers, talented young professionals who didn't necessarily have the guidance like myself, but actually wanted to get that guidance. And that's what led me to start MaxUp in 2019. And MaxUp is basically a career consulting firm that helps early career professionals, including college students and professionals, to advance in their careers, whether that is with their careers, I think getting a job right out of college, and also in their first few years in the workforce, how they can develop themselves professionally. And so I went from being an underdog to actually being a winner and creating more winners in the workforce right now. So let's talk about that, Stephanie, in terms of creating winners. MaxUp has 20,000-plus community members, winners, shall we call them. Can you share some recent success stories from your experience providing career consulting to that group? Absolutely. Uh, recently, we've been helping a lot of people break into different industries, including you know, banking and finance. So for those of you who don't know, I am also a financial professional. I, I study accounting and finance in school and, and currently working in accounting. I worked in big four, then work in banking, and, and now I'm working in tech. And so my, my primary focus is helping individuals that want to work within finance and accounting. And a lot of the people that we've been helping recently have been landed internships and full-time offers at some of the top Fortune 50 and 500 companies. 
And so some of the things we do to leverage that is basically doing what others are not doing. So being proactive. A lot of the times when people are looking for jobs, they forget about uh, what they need to do on their own to actually like stand out from the pile of applicants. And what we do is make them stand out in the pile of applicants. There are resume reviews, our LinkedIn profile rebounds and our networking strategies. And that has helped many people land jobs at some of the top companies right now. One of the recent ones, and I actually received a message recently, I landed a job at one of the top bank in the world right now, and we walked through the entire interview process, including some of the technical interviews, walking her through some case studies, how she would analyze the capital markets, how she would provide recommendations in terms of investments and whatnot, and she eventually was able to land the offer. She actually increased her salary as well from her previous job, and so some of these things are just one of the of the many stories that we have um, when it comes to to helping people land land their dream jobs. And so for me, my biggest reward is having people share their success stories, but also tapping into some of those rejections and how they can utilize that to convert them into actual success stories. The second one that I wanted to share was how someone was rejected. And a month after getting rejected, she actually was called back from the same recruiter to to interview again for another position and get the offer. A lot of the time, what let get rejected from jobs? Oh, so sorry, I interrupted you. So I was going to say, what led to that? The follow up in terms of how did how did how did that person bridge the gap from being turned down or the first time or not getting the opportunity the first time to then getting a call back from the same recruiter the second time? Many people who get rejected typically forget about their jobs. They forget about their relationships that they built with the recruiter and the hiring manager. And I always advise my clients to do the opposite. Keep up and follow up with the recruiter and the hiring manager that you built a relationship with. So with that client, we actually advise her to update her resume, find new jobs that were opening up on the company's website and reach out to the recruiter to see if uh, the recruiter could send her to a new job ID or new job rec that was open. What happened was that because she kept in touch with the recruiter, the recruiter remembered her and actually reached out to her because a new job position opened just a few weeks after she was rejected. And she interviewed for this position with a different hiring manager and she got the job just a few weeks after getting rejected from the same company. And so this shows the importance of not letting that relationship that you built go and also being proactive even after you get rejected because rejection is not the end of the journey. It really isn't. I feel like every rejection is a learning opportunity that really will open up the next role for you. And I think it's important that folks remember that, that, you know, so you use every experience as a learning experience. So, Stephanie, something you said before I want to revisit, and, and you mentioned that um, you're a financial professional in addition to being the CEO of MaxUp, and many aspiring entrepreneurs have day jobs while uh, scaling their businesses. Can you tell us about your experience balancing uh, your your finance role with building MaxUp simultaneously? Absolutely. And I, and I recently shared a post about this and some also content creator. And a lot of people ask me those questions about how do you manage your time between being a full-time professional and also building your, your passion project on the side. And what I would say is making sure that you're organized with your time and create a list of priorities is my number one tip to every entrepreneur out there that wants to build their own business. When I was building MaxUp, I remember that I would 
basically have my nine to five and then my five to nine would be building max up. I would also make sure that on the weekends, what I could, I would fit in my client consultation calls, the conference I would attend as, as representing max up and, and all of these things that, that would align after my nine to five. And so as I was building myself as a professional on my nine to five, I was also building max up on the side and the, and the same leadership skills and, and all of the skills that I got by building max up were also skills that I could apply to my professional world. And so a lot of people think that, that doing a passion project will take away from your professional or your full-time job, but actually the, the, the skills that you build on your passion project, on your side hustle, can enhance and enforce the skills that you have as a full-time professional. And so I would say that balancing at the beginning was definitely challenging, but it was not impossible. And as someone who loves challenges, I took on that challenge and I knew that I could do it. And I think that everyone listening can also do it too. Yeah, I mean, something tells me that should you be looking for your next entrepreneurial journey, something in the planner community is definitely uh, a ripe opportunity for you. But let's stick with MaxUp. As CEO, what is your vision for the future of MaxUp? And how do you plan to continue helping individuals grow and thrive? I see MaxUp as the go-to career platform for people who cannot access uh, resources. And what I mean by that is that we're currently in, in the works of, of thinking about how we can grow MaxUp, how we can fund different initiatives that we have in mind, one of them being creating uh, a high-level technology platform that would give access to career resources to people in all parts of the world, right? And so this is not something that's actually been known for. I get a lot of messages from people from Africa, from Australia, from the UK, of the fact that there's not that many resources for them available. And what we want to do is being able to build those resources for them so that they can also get access to this. And so I see MaxUp has been the go-to platform for this, being used in universities, used in different organizations, and also corporations where their employees that they want to help them become the best professionals that they could be. And as I see that happening, I'm also seeing MaxUp helping other small businesses grow. And one of the things that we're doing right now to make that happen is that I work with many different C-suite executives that want to grow their brand on LinkedIn. And as a, as a LinkedIn creator and someone who built a you know, a six-figure brand on LinkedIn and, and, and other social media platforms. I'm now helping those startup founders and CEO executives that also want to to do the same thing. And so, as we as we navigate the future for MaxUp, I see a lot of great things happening, and and I actually invite everyone to to follow us along in this journey. Stephanie, I love that, and and you teed up really something for us to talk about that. In addition to being a thriving financial professional and the CEO of MaxUp, you are a celebrated content creator in your own right, and you were recently recognized as a LinkedIn top voice. Um, can you share with us a bit how that designation has impacted your journey? You talked a little bit about now people are coming to you uh, to seek your counsel, and what advice do you have for individuals like those C-suite executives or other professionals who are looking to establish a really strong online presence? I was really excited when I was named LinkedIn Top Voice. And for those of you who don't know, LinkedIn Top Voice is basically a distinguished uh, program on LinkedIn where basically you're recognized as a thought leader and top voice on the platform. And as someone who's been creating content for 3.5 years now, I believe that having that recognition is actually something that I wanted to get because I wanted other people to see my content and see the advice that I was sharing 
this has completely shaped my journey as an entrepreneur because not only have I gotten many opportunities, including being uh, part of Forbes Top 50 Women in the Dominican Republic, being named Teddy Under Teddy on the Hispanic Executive Magazine, and also getting a lot of press opportunities that has a lot of max up to get from this level to the next level. Aside from this, it also helped me get in campaigns, collaborations with some of the biggest brands in the world, including Spotify, IBM, you name it. And so at this point, I, I recognize that not a lot of people see LinkedIn as a platform for for growth, for, for content creation, for a strong online presence that could actually bring monetization opportunities, but I discovered that it is. And now what I'm doing is, in the advice that I would give to people is, do not let your social footprint be forgotten. Always remember that everything that you do could be shared online, whether that is on LinkedIn or any other social media platform, and there are opportunities for growth and development within those platforms. And so for people that want to establish a strong online presence, I would say, number one, understand what is that you want others to know about you. Number two, what are you an expert on? What do you really like? What are you passionate about? And then based on that, establish what type of content and what do you want others to know about what you know. And as you do that, make sure that you increase your network and that you're open to learn from others and what they're doing. And you will see that eventually, and this doesn't happen overnight, but eventually you'll see that growth happening in your online presence that would actually bring you opportunities to you. Because a lot of times we do a lot of great things, but people don't know about it. And if you really want to grow, whether it's your business, as a full-time professional, having a strong LinkedIn presence and a strong professional presence will take you to places that you don't even know, including me. As a 24-year-old, I was able to get all of these recognitions and opportunities, and this wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have invested time and effort and energy into this. And I think that's so important that you highlight that it's a marathon, really, not a sprint, and it requires dedication and consistency in building your online brand presence. I know a number of individuals, um, when you think about it, people, it's not just one post and that's it and you go viral. Oftentimes, popularity and visibility on all social platforms, including LinkedIn, is the result of constantly posting and making sure that you are consistently posting. Do you have any tips in terms of setting a schedule for how people should go about thinking about or how do you approach consistency with your own social presence? Absolutely. So for, for people listening, I actually been creating content consistently for 3.5 years. Nonstop. Every week I create content five times a week. So that's five days of the week. And I do not stop doing it because the moment you stop, it's really hard to come back to it. And so the way that I do it, and I think a lot of people could do it as well, is plan ahead. I would write content for a month in advance. For example, yesterday I completed all the content for the month of October. We're now in September. So that means that I have the entire month of October. So I'm one step ahead or one month ahead when it comes to the content creation piece. And now I don't need to worry about the fact that I have to create content on a daily basis. What a lot of people do is that they go on the platform, they open the creator tool, and then they start thinking about, okay, so what should I share today? Or what can I create, what can I talk about tomorrow? But if you have a plan of scheduling things and writing things ahead, it'll give you a lot of time to worry about other things. In my case, that's why I've been able to do a lot of different activities and partnerships 
with MacSub outside of creating content because I make sure that it's scheduled in advance. There are several different platforms that people can use to also just like schedule right the content in advance, make sure they can do their 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 media graphics in advance as well. So all of that can be done with the help of technology and AI. And at this point, what you need to worry about is like, what do you do after the content creation? What are some other things that you're doing to, to make things happen? And that's what's helped me so far, aside from having a calendar of content. And I think that can help a lot of people, especially if they're just starting off with content creation. Wonderful. And I think I think consistency and what you're passionate about. And I think thank you for dropping those gems of wisdom on how to be a how to be a intentional content creator. You mentioned earlier that it's important to do the things that you're passionate about. And I would be remiss. We are talking during Hispanic Heritage Month. And the, this year's theme is Latinos driving prosperity, power and progress in America. What does that theme mean to you personally? You have mentioned on LinkedIn and on your social platforms that you're a proud Latina. And how does that resonate with the work that you do with MaxUp? I think that Latinos are advancing the economy as we see it in the country. And a lot of us, and actually there's a statistic, there's not a lot of Latina founders right now. And when I saw that a few years ago, I wanted to change that and I wanted to add another to a little bit to that percentage for Latina founders, and that's why I became a founder. One of the reasons why, because I wanted to, one, build a legacy while I'm alive. And building the legacy means with Maxa being able to help people, including immigrants, including Latinos, that want to advance and being able to give back to their countries and their families. And at the same time, I'm building and open doors and opportunities for people of my background of my country and my family to also get the opportunities that I've been able to obtain. And so when I think about Hispanic Heritage Month and I think about the theme of this year and how Latinos are advancing the country, I think that every year we're adding up to that momentum. We're adding up to that percentage of how many of us are actually doing great things. And I think that when when it comes to me, it's really a mission that's close to my heart because my parents are immigrant parents. My parents came to another country to go to work every day here so they could give me opportunities that they've never had. And now my responsibility is to be able to build opportunities for others, for the young, younger generation that's looking up to me, that's looking up to a 24-year-old Latina, Gen Z, who is now on, on the covers, right, for, for many different things like Forbes like business insider, like entrepreneur. And before, this was not something that they could have seen. And now we're changing the narrative. Now we're letting others see that it doesn't matter what age you have, it doesn't matter what background you have, you can still make it to the top. You can still be part of that top percentage. And I want to leave people with that and also open doors so that others can continue with the journey that I'm building right now. And that's a wonderful way to end, Stephanie. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and for helping reshape that narrative so that when we talk about opportunities, we're really talking about it from a success narrative and really writing that journey so that other people can see and follow your success. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks again, Stephanie. Thanks so much for your time and for sharing your journey. 
As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that you understand the ways in which we conduct business and that you carefully read the agreement and disclosures that we provide to you about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review Client Relationship Summary provided at UBS.com forward slash Relationship Summary or ask your UBS Financial Advisor for a copy. 